0: You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations, or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. I have an intriguing story for you today. My guest is John Salanoa. Now, even if his name doesn't ring a bell, uh, you may have seen some of his work. You see, John was a well-known surf photographer. And even if you're not a surfer or a fan of the sport, he had freelance gigs with all the major players. From ESPN to brands uh, such as Quicksilver and Hurley, he had contracts with Disney and Volkswagen, pretty much any and all of the surfing magazines. Now, that alone would make him an interesting enough person to talk to, right? Well, his story took quite a dramatic turn about five years ago. While driving, John suddenly lost all sensation in his legs. He was paralyzed in an instant. Now, just try to imagine that and we'll find out more details in a moment, but he was later diagnosed with a rare neurological disorder called transverse myelitis, or TM for short. In a nutshell, that's uh, inflammation around around the spinal cord, and uh, it results in interruption of communication between nerves in the spinal cord and the rest of the body, hence the paralysis and other symptoms we'll hear about. A famous surf photographer, as well as a surfer himself, his job required him to stand long hours on the sand, and suddenly he can't stand anymore. His is a fascinating story and ultimately an inspiring one. So let me let him tell it. Uh, welcome to the program from Hawaii. Aloha, John Salanoa. Aloha, Mark. How are you? I'm <laughs> good, man. Good to talk to you. Nice
1: to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. So stoked uh, that you picked me up. I, I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Well,
0: you. Your story is great, man. I, as soon as I came across it, I'm like, I, I got to talk to this dude. Um so we we got a little bit of your background uh there from what I explained and and what happened take us to the moment in the car mm. describe so you're you're driving along and what just all of a sudden I mean what what, what happened
1: yeah actually it, the the attack. so they call it when you when you're suddenly struck and then you go into paralysis they call it an attack and it actually happened while I was at one of my contracted uh players that I was shooting for which was the the surf brand Quicksilver. And when I was inside the office there, when I was leaving, I started to feel a sharp pain that ran through my back and it was like sudden. And like, when you moved, you're like, Oh, did I just blow a kidney. I just, did I just do something to myself Did I just do? And it was annoying at first. And it made me want to leave the meeting quick, which I did. And I had a friend with me because he was shopping because we get discounts. Yeah, Quicksilver. (laughs) So um, he was with me and we we took off. And as I left the corporate office in Huntington Beach, California, um, it felt like someone just opened up my back and exposed my spine Uh and put a melting hot rod along the whole length of my spine It was exactly what it felt like. It took my breath away. And the paralysis was instant and I was actually driving, and this is crazy. So I'm at Quicksilver, one of my clients. And then I was driving a Volkswagen because I was going to shoot that thing later in the weekend. (laughs) And I was driving that from Volkswagen. So I had a Volkswagen that just came off of the docks. You know, it was not mine. It's it's the company's. I'm supposed to shoot it and I'm driving it. And it's a stick shift. And when the paralysis hit uh, or the the attack hit, what happened was that, like I described, the pain came. And then my feet instantly s- s- just froze right where they were. And being, I was in a stick where they froze was my right foot just off the accelerator and my left foot was completely compressed on the clutch. So I was in free flow mm. when it struck. And then the pain was so dramatic that I was passing out. So I was able to wing the car over to the shoulder and then lost consciousness. And wow. When I regained consciousness, I was being uh, dragged by my friend from the driver's side and I came to a little bit and he was toe dragging me all the way around the car and threw me into the passenger side. Now, from the time it took us to go where we were uh, in Huntington Beach, just outside of Quicksilver, to the Huntington Beach Memorial Hospital was a 10 minute drive. That 10 minute drive to me seemed like it was like two, three hours. It was the pain was unbearable. I was in and out of consciousness. It started with the legs and then my core area started to shut down. And then my core area within the 10 minutes to get to the hospital, it moved to my chest and it moved to my shoulders. And by the time we got to the ER um, doors, I was completely paralyzed from the shoulders down. And when we got in there, the transverse myelitis attack didn't stop in about an hour to an hour and a half after I was admitted, the TM kept working and it, um, it shut my lungs down so I couldn't breathe. And then I was grateful that I had someone with me in the car because if he wasn't there and my lungs shut down during an attack, if I was by myself,
0: That'd have been it. I would have
1: expired right there yeah, on the side man. of the road.
0: Did, did, you still must have at that time when you're, when they're taking you to the hospital or your friends taking you to the hospital, right? You didn't, the ambulance didn't come get you. Your friend took you to the hospital.
1: No, yeah. He thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke or something along those lines.
0: Well, that's that's what I wanted to ask is like, you still probably thought you were dying, right? I I thought I was dying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a stroke or a heart attack. I was on the same lines lines with him. I even said, I think I'm having a heart attack or a stroke. is what I said before I lost consciousness.
0: How old were you?
1: um, So this happened five years ago, this 24th, March 24th is when this happened. And I'm 53 now, so...
0: So you're still a uh, young 48. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: 48. So, you know, right, you know, and um so you're, an, was, you're
0: you're an athletic dude. I mean, you're a surfer and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it must have been shocking, I guess. What happened? All of a sudden, yeah.
1: fine, happy, living life, and the next thing you know, you know, I wake up in the emergency room and I can't do anything. I can't even breathe. I'm on a, a machine because I can't breathe.
0: From the time that you had the the event in the car, how long after, before they finally could diagnose you as having TM? 18 days. 18 days. Wow, man. Yes. So for two weeks plus, you you don't know what the hell's going on with you.
1: No, completely paralyzed. Your nerves are spazzing them out. So I'm getting neural pain. It's pa- I'm passing out because of pain. It's just so bad. Um, they put you on morphine. They knock you out. You wake up. You're in pain. You knock out. So it was 18 days. It was uh, four MRIs, five. CAT scans, and three spinal taps and one full spinal tap. And I don't do spinal taps the full length of your vertebrae. It's just a dangerous thing to do. So they put me under for that one. But then I went on a five-hour procedure for another spinal tap, and they still had no answers. And it was a process of elimination. Were they they
0: coming? I was going to ask, like, I used to watch, uh, you ever watch the show House, House MD? Yeah. 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 I used to love that show and they uh you know they'll get like three diagnoses wrong before they figure out the right one at the end of the show and yeah. uh did they like for over two weeks were they coming in well we think it's you know hepatitis or we think it's this or you know whatever right
1: right lyme disease was the first one because they knew it was neural because okay. you know for a healthy guy to be fit and then all of a sudden completely paralyzed mm-hmm. it had to be neural or it had to be viral it was one of those two avenues so they went the whole viral scope and we did tests you know we did cultures for two weeks and nothing came up and at the same time we were doing things to find the inflammation ironically the inflammation for me kind of hit itself and it was working for about two months before the actual attack hit me the inflammation was attacking eating my spine away so it had two months ahead of the actual attack of eating my mylon sheath away and exposing my nerves and so Did you,
0: were you experiencing any sort of mild symptoms then that gave you a clue that like hey i'm, yeah. maybe I'm not 100%
1: yeah, hindsight, 2020. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I remember um, I was shooting with uh, the WSL, and it's the World Surfing League. And I was doing their big wave tour. I was doing some photography over there, and um, I was down in Mexico, and we were in Escondido down there, and um, or Ensenada, I'm sorry, we're down in Ensenado down there, and um, and um, I got a cold, or so I thought. And then it turned out to be a flu because it lasted and lingered a little bit longer than my standard colds do and it lasted for probably two weeks longer to maybe feel uncomfortable like i think maybe i should go see the doctor because i've had this flu a little bit longer than i'm used to and it, within within that time this flu virus bug that I picked up in mexico had enough time to mimic um the signals in my spinal cord to where when my white blood cells actually went after the flu, like it does for any flu we all have, after it went and attacked this bug, mm-hmm. it lodged itself in my spine, and was mimicking my spinal signal. And this is why when my white blood cells finally said, hey, let's go, we're gonna champion this and take care of you, John. And they went and they, they killed the virus, but then the, they're mixed up in the signal communication. So they now feel that my spine, the signal that runs through my spine that we all have, we all have our signals that run through our spines they believe my white blood cells believe that that is the virus and they are constantly attacking me. So I'm uh, my attack is still going on today.
0: So the the, the virus in Mexico is, if I understand it correctly, is, is in in essence, an indirect cause of the TM. I mean, because your, your reaction to the virus, the virus then is cured, but then your body's still responding to it. And that's, that is the TM
1: right tm is inflammation you know it's your your white blood cells going rogue cancer is inflammation Uh, ms multiple sclerosis is inflammation you know the bruises you get when you bump the table that's inflammation any anything that we have that really hurts the body it's basically not basically it is it's inflammation for me it's the my white blood cells are eating away the myelin sheath that protects your nerves and they're just chomping away you know as of today i have a uh eight vertebrae, eight vertebrae break. So my TM is eating me down from my T2 to my T10.
0: Okay. So, well, let's talk about your current condition then. I mean, you were paralyzed, but you, you can walk now or what, you know, what's your, what shape are you in now? And are you in a state of uh, remission or improvement, or are you going to continue to deteriorate so to speak from the TM?
1: Yeah, unfortunately it's going to be the latter. I, I will continue to deteriorate. They don't have a cure for it. There's not enough people diagnosed with transverse myelitis for them science to really put a lot of money behind it. Only 1200 cases are diagnosed, you know, worldwide. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, it's a hard thing as per year. So it's so hard that science get behind it. So we kind of piggyback what they know about us off of MS where, you know multiple sclerosis has more studies behind it. I'll piggyback us behind Lyme disease studies because there's more studies behind Lyme disease. And so we just kind of ride their coattails of knowledge. Now on the backside of that, there's not much study behind TM, except for those who've had it in the past. So they broke it down to this. So you have a one in three chance of recovering to about 85 to 95% of your life back, your body back. And then you have a third of a percent to where you'll get some gain, um, mobility back but you're most likely going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life and then there's a third of those who come down with tm and there's no recovery and death does come sooner so those are what they give you <laughs> they give you those but three bucks to choose right. from.
0: but you you have uh you're not in a wheelchair right now right no i,
1: I, I it took me a long time to get out of bed i mean it was a year before i was i had worked myself three a day to mm-hmm. in the will to just do it you know just do mm-hmm. this it took me a year get out of bed and it took me about another two and a half months to get out of a wheelchair
0: wow so you you can walk now i mean we talked we we talked once before can you explain again to me the uh kind of the process you go through to just walk
1: (laughs) well you know when you hear it because you'll hear you see people say you know when they tell you that you have to learn to walk again i mean they're not kidding you really have to learn to walk again. You know, you go back to when you were a child and you're putting those commands together to step, walk, move.
0: Right.
1: I had to do the whole thing all over again. I had to, like a, a toddler, f- figure out commands wow. to make my body move. Now, the, the unique part of this is I have zero touch sensation or very little in some parts, but I have almost zero touch sensation from my chest down. So I don't feel the ground underneath my feet you know, if I'm walking, when I'm walking, if I'm doing anything, I have no sense of balance. So, you know, we, we have a core balance. Or we have a sense of balance and, you know, I have, my equilibrium has now moved to my shoulders and my head kind of keeps me balanced now uh, more so than my core. Um, because so when I don't have that sense.
0: When you're walking, you don't feel the ground underneath your feet. No, I don't. Wow. I, I, that is hard for me to wrap my head around. Like, uh, you know, I don't know, like, I guess because I'm clumsy sometimes and it's like, <laughs> you know, if I don't feel the ground, I don't even see how I don't even see how I could walk without feeling my heel touch the ground, and rolling my foot forward to my toes. Without that right. sensation, I, you would have to just calculate, I guess. I mean, tell me, you, you just calculate this is about how much pressure I need to put in or whatever. I
1: also don't have the stations where I feel my muscles contract. You feel your muscles contract. You feel them release? I don't. I yeah. don't feel my muscles release. I don't feel them contract. I don't feel any of that. All I know is that I set my sights on the horizon and I've got this, this cadence down that I've learned, you know, and it's, it's it's a simplistic one, but after five years, I've mastered it to where I can walk. I don't really talk to people when I walk. I talk quiet, which is hard to believe because I talk so much right now, but <laughs> I talk quiet. I mean, I walk quiet because I kind of concentrate on my walking. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I have a cadence, you know, squeeze butt, cheek, squeeze calf, squeeze thigh, bend knee, roll. And this is a cadence that I do. And the role is for me to tell my body to roll my my foot to roll my heel mm-hmm. down yeah. onto my toes because I wow. don't feel Good. it. So I got this mobility going of cadence. You know, I don't okay. feel what's going on. I'm just seeing. I'm looking. Oh my gosh, that's moving. I thought this. Oh my gosh, it's moving. I thought this. You know, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving. I had to do a small first off my toes. I got one toe to move. It took me about two weeks. I got another toe to move. It took me about a month and I got my calves to move. It took me about six months and I got um, my my hips and waist just to move. And so I was able to then rotate myself in bed while I was in, in the hospital. So it took me a long time, a long progression to get there. So all along I was memorizing things and I had to put them together. I don't have any sense of touch. So what do I do? I don't feel the ground. The first time I got up on a walker and I they had me walk, I went straight down.
0: Yeah. I bet. went straight
1: down. The second yeah. time on a walker, straight down. Fourth, wow. fifth, sixth, seventh. It went on and on, straight down on the ground.
0: Well, how did how did you deal with that mentally? I like, I mean, you got a pretty good attitude, good spirit, but surely you weren't like that instantly after. All this stuff happened. How how devastating was going from one day standing on the beach taking surfing photographs to like you can't walk? I mean, how 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 hard was that?
1: Yeah, it, oh man, Mark. When you go from having a really good life, you know, you're doing it for yourself. You you love your work. You love your job. You're happy. You, you you just everything is just flying, right? You know, I'm a positive person, anyways. I'm I'm a you know, you know, positive affirmations make the world go around, you know, positive mental attitude, you know, give love, give love. I'm that type of dude, always been that type of guy. But when this hit, I, I went through probably, no, not probably. I went through the most traumatic mental breakdown, emotional breakdown uh I'm beyond sure. the physical. And I broke and it took me I mean, it's we're human, though, yeah. So I had to go through all these standard emotions that we have to go through. So I went through the the pain, the like anger. You know, I'm Hawaiian Psalm One, so my anger was loud. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a man who shows any emotions, but when they turn the lights off at night, and I was in those beds paralyzed by myself, and there's no one there except for a bunch of machines going around I you. Yeah, it's just tears, 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 snots rolling, and you're paralyzed. So yeah. you just. Ah! everywhere and i can't move i can't wipe myself i can't do anything right. it yeah. was it's i don't know it, it's Bro, you have to make the decision right there and then and when i came out of this you know state of coming to a realization that this is me for the rest of my life this is me john this is you you're done this is what you've got you know it was like how do i deal with this how do i take this on for the rest of my life and it was i, I just came up with the whole thing of it's either victorious. Arm a victim and that's exactly those are the two words I used to myself says so hey John I'm going to either be victorious or I'm going to be a victim to this mm-hmm. and if I'm going to be victorious to this what makes me victorious walking again well no what makes me victorious being in a wheelchair again nah what makes me victorious get out of bed no no what, what, what John why are you victorious I'm victorious because I never gave up the minute I give up and I say I can't do this I'm done I'm over yeah I've become the victim. Yeah. And so for me to be victorious, Mark, I was just like, this means John, you got to do everything. I got to take the pain and I'm not going to take Cause I go, I have a very, very, I sweat a lot. I'm sweating now because I go through pain nonstop. My pain level fluctuates from, you know, six, seven up to eight. So I get the sweats, the pain sweats, I get those mm-hmm. all the time nonstop, but I had to come to learn to deal with that on the onset within the first month. I said, Take me off morphine. Let's see how bad this neural pain really is. Wow. The doctor, Dr. Smalls, and Dr. Courtney both came in and they said, No, no. (sighs) Too much. Yeah. No, you no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. I said, listen, doc, I need to know what I'm going against because if I don't know on this morphine and I accept this is my reality on morphine. When I leave here, I've got to continue that. And you're going to put me on something. And it was Norcos. They wouldn't put my Norcos right away. Mm. I said, it's going to be something. So that's going to be my new reality. Whatever pain management you say I'm going to have, which is an opioid of some sort, neurosurpresence of this part, you know, muscle relaxants from over here. And I take all these in and that's my new normal. Mm. If I ever lose that stuff, what am I going to do? Right. You know, if they say, John, you're becoming a junkie because you're taking all these pain meds and all these opioids, we got to trim you back. Doc, you can't do that because it takes three times as more opioid today than it did yesterday to keep me feeling this way. Tomorrow's going to take 10 times more opioids and stronger to make me feel the way I feel today. I mean, I would be in this whole thing. And I was, this was playing out in my mind, Mark. I was like, I can't do this because at some point they're going to cut me off. I'm gonna to move to heroin because my new right, reality right. is escaping pain. Yeah. So I said, let's just do this. Take me
0: so, off. So you're not on any kind of like opioids or anything these days, or I mean, do you have them no. on standby just in case? Or
1: no, not even a, a you know break uh, glass in case of emergency. I have none.
0: Wow. Um. What? Where? Where is your pain? Like you you described before, you don't have sensation like from the chest below, or is it in your? mind or I mean like where do you how do you yeah. experience? okay <laughs> yes I'm, I'm so I'm sorry to be like ignorant of it but I'm trying to grasp it you know like you I mean is it like a, a headache or you know a body pain that you feel inside your body or you know describe your pain um
1: have you have you ever by accident you know electrocuted yourself <laughs> to a point where you went whoa and that just I- really woke you up
0: Actually, I'm going to expose myself. I'll probably have to edit this part out uh, because of how stupid because of how stupid I am. I was like eight, nine or ten somewhere in that neighborhood. And I had an electric blanket and my dumb ass unplugged the so it's plugged into the wall to, you know, and I had it, you know, and I unplugged it from the blanket itself. And I have no idea why my eight, nine or 10 year old dumbass wanted to do this. But I stuck my tongue in the little hole. And
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it shocked the shit out of me, man. I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, it was a jolt. uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So how I tried to... um describe neural pain is not ortho pain because ortho pain, ouch, you know, ouch, I got a bruise. Ouch. This is, this is, uh, you know, ortho pain. Mm -hmm. Neural pain comes from a heat within from the core. It comes Mm -hmm. from the very inside being of you and, and how I describe it to people. If you're able to stand an electrical shock that if you put your finger into a light socket Mm -hmm. or something that will barely, barely, you know, be on the verge of death of killing you and you can feel that pain, just, Imagine that. Wow. Yeah. And that lasts for, and sometimes it'll last two, three seconds. Sometimes it'll last 30, 35 seconds. You know, when I was first had transverse my last when I first came down with it, and I was in the hospital, these electrical shocks through my system were happening every 10 to 15 minutes. And they're running two to three minutes.
0: Wow. It
1: was mind boggling. So that is part of the pain there. If you could just imagine that tense, insane, like everything about you is tightening up your core, all of this, that's one of the pains. So the other one is, you know, when you got the hairs on, on your, your arm and they hurt sometimes, or you just got a little... Bruise around an area and the hairs around the area that yeah, is kind of like
0: a nerve hurt. ending sensitivity or something.
1: Yeah, or if you just grab as much of your hair as you possibly could from your private parts and start yanking <laughs> it out. <laughs> I haven't done if that. Grab as that's much one I make, haven't <laughs> If you're grabbing as much as your hair and then yanking it and pulling it out and having as much as in oh, your hands as you could, yeah. that's how my hairs feel, and they oh. feel like that all the time. If I t- graze them. They hurt. It's ah. pins and needles, nonstop stabbing. It's, it's it's a tough life, Mark. I don't lie, but I'm you sure. know, I, I get so many memories. I've made so many memories since I've been sick because I've been able to achieve so much in walking and and not giving up, not being a victim. You know, I still go out and I shoot pictures. I'm I'm moving into the art realm. I'm not longer. I'm no longer doing editorials. I'm no longer doing, you know, the, you know, the big marketing campaigns. I can't do those anymore, mm. but I'll be darned if I'm going to miss out of any life. So, you know, I'm moving so, into art photography, which is great for me because I can sit anywhere or I can walk anywhere and I can do little spots of boom, shoot, 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 produce, produce, produce.
0: That's good. That's, that's actually a good segue to the, uh, uh, the, the last thing uh, that I do on my podcast is I, I have this segment called five minutes in and, uh, uh basically I, I try to give the listener some uh practical advice or something to think about for five minutes uh that they can implement in their day. Uh you know, your your answer doesn't have to be Zen related or anything, uh, but um for you I actually have two questions. Maybe they get 10 minutes in today. But uh my first question is uh, you know, h- how ultimately uh well you, you've described some of how you got through it mentally, but what advice would you give to someone who encounters something sudden, something, a shocking event, maybe even a tragedy in their life, what, what advice would you uh, give them? That's my first question.
1: Well, we're all brothers and sisters. And with that, there's a certain amount of, of things that we have to go through. When this hits us, you know, we have all the emotions that we're human beings that we have to go through. Mm -hmm. And I would say the biggest part of, for me in the beginning was not fighting those emotions. I, I, they were raw. And, I, and they came out. Um, and I, and I, I, I utilized all those to get through what I had to go through, that shock value of what happened to me. And once I, I got on the backside of the crying and the depression and the anger, and you know, once you accomplish the fact that you accept your new reality and that's the right. biggest thing, the accomplishment of accepting your new reality, then you say, this is now my base of my life today. And so mm-hmm. tomorrow I got to do something and for me, it was four things. And for anyone else, it could be a bunch of things. But for me, it was, I got to do these four things to make my baseline tomorrow, my life better tomorrow. Mm. And, uh, and I I came up with that rea- with that reality, probably at, you know, month three of this it took me, three months to come up to that reality that, mm. okay, no more of this. And that meant that I had to better myself in my categories were four different ones. Mm. I had to better myself every day, emotionally, mm physically mentally and spiritually now those are the four pillars that a lot of people stand by and those are the four pillars, the four pillars I had to work on to build my life back up mm. so I didn't want you know if you take these ideas of building yourself back up and you turn them into tasks annoying tasks things I don't want to do things like mm. want, you're not going to do them so for me to convince myself that I'm victorious and not the victim and not to have the victim mentality to say, well, I can't do that because I don't want to. I can't do that because I don't know how to do. I can't do that because I can't do that. I can't, I won't, I won't, da, da, da. I'm not going to change my diet. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to do these things, but I want to get better, but I'm not going to change my life to get better. I had to get through all that. And I just went through those four, mm-hmm. you know, to make myself better every single day, physically, I go on enjoyable bike rides. I have enough eyesight because I, I, mm-hmm. I guide my balance via eyesight. Nice. My shoulders, my head, and my eyes, and seeing the horizon is how I bounce. And I've gotten really good to where I ride bikes, so I bike ride. Always better myself, and I'm always enjoying these things. You know, mentally, you know, how do I improve myself mentally every day? It's by taking ownership, at the end of the day, of everything that was wonderful that I accomplished. In my life, taking ownership of hey, you know what? You walk two and a half miles today, Rob. that's wow. good. You yeah. know, you heal your you heal yourself that, when that's you. That's good for people.
0: Something. Yeah, that's good for people without TM. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: I make it as much as my life enjoyment as I can to make myself better. And like I said, I just every single day, if this is my base level, tomorrow I gotta do these things to make me better tomorrow, and mm-hmm. then that's my baseline. And then the next day, I'm gonna do four things to make myself better. That's my new baseline, and I keep going up. And then the bottom, the bottom part is: I don't know if if a lot of your listeners are going through chronic pain, and they're trying or they're not using uh, the drugs for it, the mm-hmm. opioids and all that. There's no escapement. You have to accept pain as. Your life, part of life, If you're gonna take this away and you're gonna take the opioids away, you have to accept pain is your life. So what's the counterbalance to that? A lot of laughter.
0: Mm. well, a that lot. that that actually relates to the second uh, part of the question I wanted to ask you is uh, and you you kind of touched on it with everything from making a breakfast sandwich to taking a bike ride. what the question is, what are you grateful for these days? after what you've been through, what what kind of gratitude do you have? going on these days that you didn't maybe have beforehand?
1: Uh, making memories, you know? I, I absorb so much more in today's world than I ever absorbed before. Mm-hmm. I really do absorb the warmth of the sun today, uh, way more than I did five years ago. I absorb the way birds fly, they float in the wind. I absorb the way the trees blow in the wind. I absorb ant colonies. I absorb lizards on the ground. I absorb everything. And when you have a large, heavy absorption of the surroundings earth, you you have mother nature or anything that means something and you have a high amount of absorption going on, you have a high amount of healing going on. You have a high amount of mental stability and mental awareness going on. You are enlightening yourself every single day. Mm-hmm. So my absorption is so much more. And with that, my laughter rate increased. People around me increase. When my pain gets really dramatic, Mark, and my absorption level shrinks and gets down and gets like this, that means my world got small. I went from being outdoors And lifting myself up to being indoors and then being in the bed and never leaving the bed. And as my absorption gets smaller, my world gets smaller, my pain gets bigger, my pain gets greater. And as long as my absorption rate is high, and I recommend you try this and anyone else, if you're depressed about anything in your life, or if you're hurting for any reason, or you have a great loss of something, get out. Just do a blanket absorption. Study. (laughs) Don't just glaze. Study. Well look, look <laughs> things behind
0: it. Hey, I, I was gonna say that your answer is uh even without trying is, is pretty zen, man. That's uh that was pretty spot on. Um that's <laughs> Thanks, awesome. Man. Man. Yeah. Um yeah. well that's that's awesome. I'm uh I'm gonna go absorb some stuff today. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well what uh what do you got going on these days? You you mentioned art before. If if somebody wants mm-hmm. to uh follow you, uh what, what should they do? Follow you on Instagram or where, where can yeah, they so
1: it? I have a my professional photography page. I have a web page that you can go check out. It's a, it's more of my corporate type stuff I was doing for photography. It's solenoacreative.com. So is my last name, Solenoah okay. Or you can check me out on my Instagram, which is more you'll see, I'm moving towards an art based because of my transverse myelitis. And it's a big investment right now. So I'm in the middle of pooling my investment for that okay and uh so for me to come out with the high-end art pieces that i'm looking to do is gonna you know it's a six-figure investment that you know i'm maturing right now so that's the biggest thing i'm doing so if anyone wants to see how i'm progressing from doing editorials and doing you know uh, marketing for companies you can go to my instagram to a uh, whole rah, you know whole bra hawaiian right. thing <laughs> so it's h-o-o-b-r-a-h that's a little bit of Hawaii for you. but um. Uh, so it's wholebrow underscore js for okay. John
0: I'll, I'll and you can it, find me there. Yeah, I'll put it in the notes, so anybody that's listening to the podcast, they'll they'll see it in the description there. I'll put a link. So awesome. Yeah. Well, um. All right, man. Well, uh, that's about it. Zen Sandwich also has a uh, a website to go to. We have now have a Patreon page, so for uh, just three bucks, you can support the podcast. I hope to be listener supported um, and I put exclusive videos there for patrons on that page. If you sign up now at any tier level before March 31st, 2021, I will send you a handmade personalized postcard on washi. That's traditional Japanese paper that my wife and I make. I'm going to send you one John anyway, just as a thank you postcard. And uh, uh, I love
1: uh, everything about the <laughs> Japanese culture. I date a Japanese woman. I'm all about it, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll get your address after we get off the air here and I'll, I'll send you a a thank you postcard. But, uh, but for listeners, uh, go to patreon.com slash Zen sandwich, sign up at any level between now and March 31st and I'll send you a postcard, uh, with a personalized note on it. Um, yep. For the price of a grande coffee with soy milk and Splenda. That's the way I like it. Uh, you can help spread some kindness in the world, some mindfulness and hear more inspiring stories like John's here. Uh, And if you can't do it, no worries. I'm glad you're listening. So uh, that's it. John Salanoa. uh, Mahalo, my friend. Did I say it right? Mahalo?
1: Yeah. Mahalo, my brother. (laughs) Thank you so much. Mahalo. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much.
0: All right, man. Thanks.